everyone, and welcome to the Green by Training podcast for Green Week 52, where we discuss how rail service performance is impacting the movement and export of Western Canadian grain. I'm Greg Northey from Pulse Canada, and I'm joined by Mille Proyer of QGI Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agriculture groups that produce data and reports on rail service and performance. How are you doing, Milt? I'm good, Greg. How are you? Pretty good. It's been a little while. We, uh, we capped off uh, some of our podcasts at the end of June, early July, when we were talking about the, you know, the, the wildfires that were causing some havoc uh, for all kinds of people in Western Canada. Um, so I think what we'll do today is we'll do a quick recap of the month of July, essentially weeks 49 to 52. And then we'll give a bit of a year in review, uh, take a look back at the year and then give a sense of potentially what's ahead of us uh, in the coming year. So, quick recap for July. Uh, what did you see in the, in July? Obviously, some some big em- impacts from the fires, as I mentioned. But but generally, at a high level, what uh, what did we see as far as rail performance? Um, well, as you say, June thirtieth uh, kind of turned uh, the railway business in Western Canada on its ear a little bit with the wildfires down in southern BC, uh, west of Kamloops. Um, we had a mainline outage for both CN and CP. Uh, as a result of the fires around Lytton. Uh, CP, I guess, in some respects, if you can use that forward or that term in these circumstances, was more fortunate than CN. The damage to their line was not quite as severe, and they were managed, they managed to restore service, at least in part, about five days later. Uh, CN, however, took longer, and they didn't restore service until about the 13th of July. So as you can imagine, we had a significant backlog of traffic, not just grain, but um, every commodity trying to get to and from the port of Vancouver. So the month of July was uh, kind of about digging out of that mess. Um, And performance for grain was a little bit interesting. We saw kind of a disconnect, I think, in performance between CN and CP during that four week stretch. Uh, CP, interestingly, really, when you look at their numbers, hit a bit of a speed bump or, uh, uh, you know, in the road in week 49, which was the first week after the line outage. And when I say a, a little bit of a bump, their performance still came in at 86% order fulfillment in week 49, which was quite remarkable, frankly. Um, and then after that, uh, they picked up right where they had been and went right back to the high 90s and finished out weeks 50, 51, and 52, I think with 96, 99, and 99% uh, order fulfillment in each of those weeks. Quite remarkable. Yeah, that is remarkable. And you can definitely see it in, in the numbers, as you say, and, and you know, potentially a, you know, a, a a good, a good view of the resiliency or potentially the, the excess capacity CP had in it to, to manage that kind of uh, issue. Uh, but as you say, CN was a bit of a different story. Obviously, they, they were out for a longer period. What did we see from, from CN in that, uh, since then? Uh, it wasn't good. Um, and I guess it's one of the challenges we have is always trying to understand why uh, there's such a difference in performance between the two railways. But while CP was coasting right along, um, CN struggled, frankly, for uh, four straight weeks. Um, during that four-week period, their performance never got above 63%, which they hit twice. And in week 51, uh, they fell to 34%, um, 
we saw them return to an often used strategy when they get into these kinds of situations. Typically, we see them in the winter, um, but they started rationing hopper car orders for shippers again. And over the last three weeks, so weeks 50, 51, 52, uh, CN rationed more than 1,100 shipper orders, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you think about how quickly demand was declining during that time period, it actually turns out to be a fairly significant percentage of the orders that shippers were placing. So they decided that rather than deal with the backlog of orders, they would try and clean them out. So they rationed the orders and that way they restricted the amount of traffic coming onto their line and allowed them to try and work through what they had as far as the backlog. So not as good by a stretch when you compare them to CP. Uh, however, as we head into week one, which was last week, which we'll be reporting on this week. Um, CP looks to be in very good shape. No reason to think their good performance will not continue. And I would say that CN has a chance to be good. Their outstanding orders are reasonably manageable and demand is low. So um, we'll hope for the best. Yeah, definitely hope for the best. And it, you know, it, like it, it, you mentioned, it was an interesting situation that that divergence. Obviously, there was the the government, uh, you know, essentially go slow order around uh, that was put in place to 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 account for the wild, wildfires and how uh, the railways managed their their lines during that period. But they were both under the same the, the same order, so not sure where that divergence came from. Obviously. You know, a huge advantage for those uh, shippers or growers who may be able to access uh, CP for for exports than, than CN. But um, as you say, we'll definitely look forward to to week one, and um, and yeah, hopefully everyone has a good chance uh, to be good. Um, so that was July, but let's take a look back at, at the year in review because I think it'll be um, pretty useful for us to to think about how the past year went. And what we should be looking at, thinking about as we move in into this coming grain year, um, from a high level, Milt, uh, how would you view the demand, the shipper demand for for the last grain year? Where did it stack up versus other years, uh, as far as what uh, the grain sector was trying to put into the into the rail system? Well, our numbers would say that for ATC shippers, uh, hopper car demand, and I use that term specifically because, as you know, we. We don't count in that uh, performance data, private car movements of which, you know, probably 10% or so of the movements on CN are in private car movements, uh, much more notable on CN than they are on CP. But from a pure, we're ordering railway supplied hopper cars perspective, um, our numbers would say that demand was down about 4% year over year when you look at CN and CP together. Um, for CP, it was up about 3%, for CN down about 9% in broad strokes. So when you think of that in terms of uh, the prior grain year, um, it was interesting because the pattern was kind of flipped, right? Normally you would see a very slow period at the beginning of the grain year, and it would ramp up into the peak season in September, October, November, December and then it would start to tail off in March and into the spring. As we know, and we talked about on this podcast previously, uh, the demand coming out of the 2019-20 grain year, or the COVID year, as some people call it, um, it never subsided. It just, it stayed strong right through the summer um, of 2020 and right into the new grain year for the 2020-2021 grain year. So demand at the beginning of the year was unusually heavy 
for the railways. And it kind of stayed that way. And then it started to tail off, I guess, probably the middle of March or the latter part of March, and then finished um, significantly weaker than it did in 2019-20 and in the last couple of grain years. So slightly different pattern, heavier at the start and, and weaker um, at the back end. Yeah, thanks, Milt. Uh, appreciate that uh, around the demand. Um, now, in the face of that demand, obviously, this is where we really like to look with the reports that we publish. How was how was performance? Well, it's it's been interesting, um, to say the least. We, as you know, look at order fulfillment. It's always you know the top line story in the reporting that we do, um, and largely because. Uh, shippers view it as the most effective metric for displaying railway performance from their perspective. Order fulfillment does not necessarily tell you what's going on on the railway or what the problems are that the railways may be incurring, but it pretty consistently gives you a clear picture as to how those issues, whatever they might be, play out. Um, if shippers are not getting the cars that they're ordering and they're not getting them in the, in the timeframes that they want them, that's when performance of the system in its entirety starts to kind of break down. Um, so that's what we focused on and, and we were no different this year. So from a CP and CN perspective, if, if we look at how the year went for them from an order fulfillment perspective, um, you know, how, how did CP and CN uh, do in the last grain year, potentially in comparison also to, to previous years? Well, the story is pretty straightforward, actually. Um, CPs is brief. Uh, they were good. They were good all year. They were good week in and week out. They had a couple of stretches where they, you know, struggle a little bit in the winter, but not significant from my perspective. Uh, and they were better than CN week in and week out basically for 52 weeks. And in a lot of those weeks, it wasn't even close. CN on the other hand was a different story to say the least. Um, the year started poorly for CN and it kind of stayed there. Uh, August, September period was impacted by crew shortages on CN. So performance suffered for that. On the heels of that winter came as it always does, which caused the natural slowdown of the system, which it always does. Having said that, you know, um, compared to past winters, this past winter was actually fairly mild in Western Canada. I mean, it's not that we didn't have cold weather, but we didn't have prolonged extreme cold weather. We had a, a nasty snap for about a week or 10 days at the beginning of February, but really it wasn't, uh, it wasn't too bad compared to prior years. The early spring, um, really was CN's time to shine. I mean, after struggling mightily uh, since August, uh, when they got into the third quarter, um, you know, April roughly, uh, for about 12 weeks, they were performing very well. Um, the best run they had, you know, in 18 months, frankly, where they were above 90% order fulfillment every week for 12 consecutive weeks. Unfortunately, then we had... Um, you know, the outage in southern BC at the end of June. And as we talked about a few minutes ago, CN struggled uh, to recover. And while we think it's behind them, we don't know. And I guess we'll see that in the coming weeks. 
So if you wanna wrap it all up in a really tight package, if you look at the performance for CNNCP on a quarterly basis through the grain year, uh, you can sum it up this way. Out of four quarters um, in the 2021 grain year, CN averaged 80% uh, or better order fulfillment in only one of those four quarters, which was the last quarter when they had that lovely 12 week run of 90% uh, above. Um, CP on the other hand was above 80% in all four quarters. And in the last quarter on a weekly basis, they averaged 98% order fulfillment, which is really remarkable, frankly. I mean, we've been tracking these numbers for the better part of 10 years, and I don't know that we've seen consistent performance like that from either railway. And just as a final point, um, in each quarter, CP outperformed CN uh, by double digits uh, each quarter, which is, again, equally remarkable. It says something about how poorly CN performed as much as it says about how well CP performed. Yeah, it is quite remarkable. And looking ahead into as we move into Green Week One and, and start to look at what could be a really challenging harvest and, and potentially a challenging um, movement into our export markets through rail, uh, CB appears to be, you know, looking really good. Uh, they've consistently been, been strong, as you mentioned. You know, just to to get your crystal ball in place. You know, at this point, how how do you see it? Uh, what should we think? What should we be thinking about? I guess is the best way to put it for for this coming grain year, as we start to look at some of these numbers as a, as they roll in. Well, a couple of points I'll make quickly on that. One is if you look at CN's performance over the last three years, um, this past year, the twenty twenty one grain year, probably the worst in the last three years, which is kind of a disturbing trend. Um, frankly, that as, as volume grows, or that has been the case over that time period, the railway's performance has gotten worse. And, you know, the public hears monthly how new movement records are being set. And, you know, it's month after month after month. And, and that's all good. And records are set because there's lots of grain to move. But, you know, volumes are not the sole nor the best measure of performance, certainly not from uh, a shipper's perspective. And when you look at the metrics that matter, um, CN hasn't met the mark now for three straight years and last year's been the worst. The one thing I'd say about looking forward and you know, my crystal ball is probably not any better than anybody else's, but um, you know, all indications are that the quality and the quantity of the crop is in flux um, and that will lead to potentially a couple of things. Um, one would think lower demand would lead to better performance because the railways would have lots of capacity and assets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Not necessarily the case. The railways will adjust to demand. So if demand is low, um, the railways will figure out how low they think it is and they'll start parking cars, they'll start uh, releasing train crews and they'll start parking locomotives. So they will look to bring their cost base down as a railway for servicing grain, uh, consistent with what they see uh, the market demand for movement being. Sometimes that doesn't go so well, it causes hiccups in performance. The other thing I think that uh, is often overlooked, but people should think about is when you have such a disparity in quality, it has 
the potential to um, change the natural flow of grain, if you will. So uh, movement patterns will change because companies will be trying to source grain from places on the prairies to go to Vancouver, to go to Thunder Bay, or to go to Prince Rupert, where normally they may not have just because that's where grain is available this year, if that's the way the crop comes in. So um, performance this year uh, is a question mark. Um, how the railways will react is a question mark. We already know CN has over 2000 cars in storage. Um, and then the quality of the crop will also be uh, a factor in how the railways perform because if normal distribution patterns change, it will change how the railways have to service that demand and how well they adapt to that will tell the story. Thanks a lot, Milton. Obviously a lot of topics in there. I think we'll, we'll unpack on, on future podcasts. Appreciate your time and your insight as always. Uh, for those of you who would like to see the reports, you can go to www.agtransportcoalition.com. We'll talk to you all next week. Thanks. 